0: I'm not going to raise my voice. Yes! I'm really good at basketball for a puppet. What just happened? I drank your milkshake. What's up with those shorts? It's either super good or super bad. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. WVU are the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic champions. That's exciting, right? Hello from the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 3, Western Kentucky. I gotta say, that was a trap game. That played more out like a trap game than a revenge game. And I was way off on the trophy, all right? I saw the trophy. Good-looking trophy. They showed him making the trophy. It looks really nice. I don't – here's the thing. The base is not in the shape of a Pentagon, so missed opportunity. And it was a circle. And no gold-riding lawnmower. Like, I had – I I don't want to admit this, but I I had betting money – on that trophy having a gold riding lawnmower on it. And I lost that bet, and I feel bad about it. Again, WVU wins the most prestigious basketball tournament held in South Dakota, winning over Western Kentucky, 70-64. to 64. Essentially, even first half, why? Well, Derrick O'Culver, two fouls. Oscar Oshibwe, two fouls. Yeah, their big guy had two fouls, too. But our big guys out, our defense poor. I mean, Western Kentucky was getting to the rim, seemingly at will, and they weren't making all of them, but the putbacks were, they were not, WVU was not boxing Western Kentucky out. They were getting dunks, putbacks. And so that means, all that being said, Western Kentucky up three at the half. And then come out second half and I'm sure Huggins Oh Huggins had some interesting things to tell the guys at the half the, lean, the lead for Western Kentucky ballooned up to 10 4 minutes into the second half Now here's where things happened that you don't wish upon humans but they did help WVU Western Kentucky senior guard, all-conference, he hurt his thumb, so he had to go out. Soon after, their big guy, uh, Bassey, he hurt his leg, walked immediately into the locker room, so he goes out a little bit later. And so those things happened and did have an effect on the game. And some of this is WVU, but let's keep in mind those things happened. And with all that being said, after... WVU was down 10. They outscored Western Kentucky 29-10 in the next 12 minutes. And they did it behind four guys. Derrick O'Colver was getting buckets. 15 points for the game. He only had one rebound a day, which is kind of weird. And might be the only time he does that. But he's the winner of the MVP trophy. Again, no golden lawnmower there. <laughs> but... If you who had the best start in the first three games for WBU, it's got to be Derrick O'Culver, the most consistent guy, and led the team in scoring and got buckets and in two games just overpowering guys. And even today, they had that that 6'6 guy on him, and it's it's a mismatch. And the 6'6 guy did as much as he could to and he stayed in front of Culver, and Culver just shot over him. So great start to the season for Derek O'Culver. The MVP of this game was Gabe O'Osaboyan. My man was dishing assists today. He led the team with five assists. He had eight points, eight rebounds, made points in the first half when WVU was just trying to hang in. And when he's going to the basket in this game, it was smooth. I did not see the triple pump fake in the air. Like, just a smooth, put it up and in for Gabe. And so the stats don't say it, right? Today the stats said that he was the MVP of this game. But for the first three games and everything that Gabe contributes on both sides of the floor, I would put Gabe Oosaboyan as the MVP having the second-best start for WVU this season and in South Dakota. The third guy in this 12-minute stretch, Duso McBride. And he was getting to the foul, the the free-throw line, making his free throws, a quiet 14 points and three assists from Duso McBride. Is that the most Irish last name ever? (laughs) When you throw an O in front of the MC? I'm asking. I don't know. Uh, But great start to the season for Deuce. I would say very strong first game. And then quietly contributing for Deuce in the second and third game. But consistent. And you know what you're getting from Deuce so far. And then the fourth guy in in this 12-minute Interval where West Virginia outscored Western Kentucky by 19. Taz O'Sherman. My man, Taz O'Sherman, he he is continuing his strong shooting. He's come out of the gates hot. 12 points. Very key in those 12 minutes. Western Kentucky up 10. Who makes a three? Taz. West Virginia completes the comeback and takes the lead with an O'Sherman three. So... Great start to the season for senior Tazo Sherman. And so when you look at those four guys, you've got Deuce, who's everybody who everybody's expecting to have a great sophomore season, including O'Huggins. You've got the two seniors on the team, Taz O'Sherman and Gabe O'Saboyan. And you've got junior Derek Culver. Derek O'Culver, excuse me. So it makes sense the four of the most seasoned guys on the team have had the best start to the season, okay? And yes, in this game WVU struggled in the last 2 minutes. We went from stomach knot to sigh of relief when they're up 9 to stomach knot for the last few minutes of the game. But they win this tournament and I can you you know, you're probably listening to this and said, "Hey Josh, Uh, There's a ton of negative to talk about. You know what? Let me flip the negatives that you're thinking from this tournament into positives. And I can do that because West Virginia won all three of the games. So there's no... These things can be negative and you can see them as a positive for the rest of the season in that it's going to get better, right? Oscar Oshibwe starts with three ho-hum games including the rare ho-hum double-double. Do You think Oscar Oshibwe is going to be like this all season? I don't think so. Sean o. McNeil. he's not shooting a great percentage, but in this game, he led the team in minutes. So Huggins is confident and is placing his confidence in Sean o. McNeil. And he's, you can't lead a Huggins team in minutes unless you're playing defense. I'm seeing O. McNeil today guarding that senior guard for Western Kentucky. Like, he's getting tough defensive assignments. And he's, he's playing a lot. So is he going to shoot this bad all year? I don't think so. I think his shooting is going to improve. And the announcers, and I'm not going to get into the announcers, but they did, besides this, they did say, and I believe this too, is that when Shano McNeil shoots the ball, you think it's going in. And I don't know how to explain that, what that means. They didn't explain what it means. It just looks like, based on form, without looking at the basket, that when he shoots the ball, you think it produces the result of a made shot. And we know that's not true. But they spoke about it today. For the tournament, quiet Emmett O. Matthews. Again, uh, seven points in the first half when West Virginia needed those. Did not score in the second half. So overall quiet tournament and quiet start to the season for Emmett O. Matthews. Last year, Emmett O. Matthews started out hot and then cooled off. So if we're if he starts out cool... By that math, shouldn't he end up hot? Let me tell you about these three guys. Jordan O'Macabe, Jalen O'Bridges, Isaiah O'Cottrell, O'Cottrell. Let me give you the stats for these three guys combined from the crossover classic. These three guys played 59 minutes combined. They combined for one of 14 shooting. And those three guys gave you four points for the tournament. Are you telling me that those three guys are going to finish the season combined shooting 7%? <laughs> like that's that's impossible. I'll say it. It's impossible that those guys are going to finish the season unless they all get injured in the same game they're going to end the season higher than 7% shooting. Okay. So all those negatives are true. And because West Virginia has won all their games so far, you can say, Hey, yeah, these other guys that are playing well, they may drop a little bit, but they're pretty consistent. And, it doesn't look like based on three games that Huggins is going to go every game 12 deep, 13 deep. He's got 10 guys, three of which have scored four points so, so far. All right? So I, that's like, all right. It can only go up from here for those guys. So I'm excited. It's great to be undefeated. It's great to win these preseason tournaments. And... You can overlook, you don't overlook the negative, but you say, all right, it's a long season. Yeah, they struggled early, but it can only go up from here. I'm excited about this team. Do they look like Final Four material? Not yet. I haven't put that expectation on them. But they're a good team, and they beat two good teams in VCU. Which is not a bad team, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe VCU as a good team. Random thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas time. You know what you think of Christmas? <clears throat> dire Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. It's Christmas season, and Dire Prime can help you With a certain Christmas item this holiday season. Stocking. You know, you fill up the stocking. You don't. Santa does. What if you could get a professionally embroidered stocking with a human name or pet name on it? Dyer Prime can do that. Limited quantities exist. Fine, fancy looking stockings with your name embroidered on it. Call or text Dire Prime to find out more, 304-767-4445, or find them on Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Dire Prime, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Want to get serious for a moment, step away from basketball, and talk about something that happens specifically around this time of the year. And it's really important, and I want to I give voice to it. It's the practice of gravy shaming. Gravy, a staple of the Thanksgiving meal, right? Thanksgiving was yesterday. We're in leftover season. Don't do a lot of gravy in the leftover circuit. But on Thanksgiving, it's gravy time. And if you live in West Virginia, gravy is a part of a West Virginian's life in some way. You've been exposed to gravy. You've had the Tudor's gravy. It's gravy and biscuits made by your grandparents, your grandmother, right? So you're familiar with gravy, but Thanksgiving gravy, it's on. You can dip your roll in it. You put it on the turkey. I mean, you could just drizzle it around your whole plate. But some people may... may look at you like hey pass the gravy or why you why are you eating so much gravy and i don't think that's cool right if it's part of the menu then don't don't shame somebody for enjoying gravy and so I wanted to bring that important issue to light, but also it gives me an opportunity to celebrate gravy. And so let's rank the gravies. Let me give you my gravy rankings. And I'll start with last on the list. The worst gravy is Gravy Train. (laughs) That's a dog food. And I don't know if they still make Gravy Train, but there was a time in my life where dog food was marketed as like your dog's going to love this because just, just throw some water on it and it'll turn into like dog food gravy. (laughs) (laughs) And I've never had that, but I'm, I'm going on a hunch and saying that that's the worst gravy gravy train. seventh on the list. And I've got eight gravies and I'm ranking them from eight to one. So eight is gravy train seven KFC gravy. Just heavy, mysterious. It's you don't get a choice like if you get one of the menu like the 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 meals at KFC, it comes with mashed potatoes and gravy, like they've got all that set up. All right. I just don't like it. I'm not a fan of the KFC gravy. Six red eye gravy. Haven't had a lot of red eye gravy. Apparently, you're putting coffee in that. And so, I love coffee. I like gravy. Coffee with the gravy? You know, I guess. But it's... There's way better gravies than red-eye gravy. Five. This is the sneaky gravy. Bacon gravy. You fry up the bacon. And then put some flour and some and some cream in there and you've got a bacon gravy that's delightful and that like the gravy shaming that goes with bacon gravy is preposterous you get the worst looks when you're <laughs> When you're enjoying more than a little bit of bacon gravy. Number four is your your standard white gravy. Like with the baked steak or the country fried steak. It's got like the pieces of pepper in it. Very delicious gravy. Number four on my list. Number three, sausage gravy. With the big chunks. It's in the white gravy family, but the big chunks of sausage over biscuits. Just what a, what a treat. It's a delightful gravy, and yet only good for the bronze of gravies. Number two, and I'm calling this a gravy. You ever, like, you know, I'll throw the pinky up here. You ever get the asabuco? I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's like uh, some kind of shank of meat. And then it's just dr- drowned in gravy. That gravy, which is different than KFC gravy. It's a brown gravy, but it is a it's a treat. It is an absolute delight. Doesn't matter if the meat is is dried out. They could mess up the meat. The gravy is the star of the asabuco. So that's number, that's the silver medalist. It's that's going to be disputed. But my number one gravy, and this will be disputed, I'm sure. And I've never even had this gravy. I've lived a sheltered life, but I've watched the Sopranos, and people on that show would talk about how's the gravy? And there's no, like growing up in West Virginia on the Sopranos, there's no gravy in sight. But what they call gravy is the like the tomato sauce. Like I, I just imagine when they're asking about gravy and like, oh, the the gravy looks good. That that has to be the best gravy. I just think it. The Sopranos of all the good. If you've watched that show, I'm not going to spoil it. But the food on that show. <laughs> There's a lot of restaurant scenes. It's it's really a food show. And and I can't think of anything on that show, uh, food wise, that I that I was disappointed in. So number one, when Italians call the tomato sauce gravy, specifically the Italians on The Sopranos. So you know if you're a gravy shamer i want to tell you it's not too late to change just do you if you're not into gravy don't don't judge the the person beside you who's who's basically taking a bath in gravy Let, let people enjoy their gravy especially around thanksgiving final thoughts coming up unreasonable doubt is on the social media On Instagram, at UnreasonableDoubtWV. On Twitter, at I'm Josh Witt. On Facebook, go to that search bar thing and type in Unreasonable Doubt. Do it! Interact with the show. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU is a big one. I talked about it last episode. It's Wednesday night, 7 p.m. versus the number one team in the country, Gonzaga. And it's in Indianapolis in the Jimmy B Classic. I don't want to overstate this. Gonzaga is really, really, really good. Based on two games. Number one, they're tall. West Virginia is not going to tower over Gonzaga. This team is probably the best offense in the country. They have the best offense. How do I know that? Well, they have a 6'7 guy who 100% 100 looks like he should be in Cobra Kai. And last year, he made 44% of his threes. So they have a 6, seven, six seven guy that makes 44% of his threes. Two games in, they're averaging 96 points a game. And it's not directional Michigan that they're playing or incarnate word. They're, they're playing Kansas, Auburn. These are not slouch teams. Kansas is not a slouch. Auburn's down a little bit. Not a slouch. And they're averaging 96 a game so far. So they're really good. They're number one in Ken Palm. Number one in offensive rating. Gonzaga's had had success against WVU in my lifetime. So... What's in it what's in WVU's favor? This doesn't sound like it's in WVU's favor, but they're 0-3 all time in the Jimmy B Classic. So this is their fourth appearance. So that means they're due, right? Or they should never go to the Jimmy B Classic again. But it could mean they're due. What else is W in WVU's favor? It's it's a neutral court game. No fans. I remember that one year WVU started the season at Gonzaga and got absolutely boat raced. So it's not going to be in the state of Washington. So that's that's a WVU's favor. And I started this episode saying this was a trap game for WVU. This could be a trap game for Gonzaga. They're coming off of two big wins. They're going to play Baylor after they play WVU. So this could be a trap game. By the way, that Gonzaga-Baylor game, that's a possible championship game preview. Like, I can't wait to watch that game. I don't watch a lot of college basketball outside of WVU. I'm watching Baylor-Gonzaga. So possible trap game might be overlooking WVU. By the way, what a way to start the season for Gonzaga. All the way from home, they start with Kansas, Auburn, WVU, Baylor. And they'll mix in some cupcakes after this. But my goodness, what a a stretch to start the season. I tell you what, if Gonzaga beats Kansas, Baylor, and WVU, (laughs) does that mean that they've won the Big 12? Like, Can they win the Big 12 without being part of the conference, I guess is what I'm asking. Or do they have to play the other seven teams with or without cameras to determine... (laughs) They're in their own conference. I'm just saying they could make the case that we own our, whatever they play in, West Coast Conference, but we own the Big 12 as well. So for sure, this will be the first game WVU is the underdog. Most likely, they're going to lose this game. But there's no shame in losing this game. This is this is a house money game. Good experience for this team to play the best offense in the country. More exposure on national television. And it's one game. So... I have no expectations... WVU to win this game. So, all right. say I'm not saying that you can't have those expectations, but it could be bad, and if it's bad, it's okay, and if West Virginia hangs in and loses, it's okay, and if somehow WVU wins this game, that's fantastic. Those are the stakes for the next game. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen, just pick a platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox. Yes, Hit the subscribe button wherever you listen. Just just press that and it'll automatically download to the device of your choice. Hit the subscribe button. That helps a podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're 3 and 0. you 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 fry up the break you, shoot